Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Welcome back to BB25 Recaps with your Stockwatch crew. Pretty crazy, pretty kooky. What's going on, man? It's going good. I mean, it's the Stockwatch crew until Thursday or Wednesday. I forgot when Matthew's coming back. Matthew's on vacation. I'm much deserved. <laughs> so it's just me and Jack, not with the stocks. Um, I will say, yeah, man. we are doing the stocks for uh, Survivor 45. Um, Every Monday night, 10.30 p.m., see you there. It's always a fun time, always always stock watching and, you know. Always exciting. Always exciting. We have some news. Um, you know, I think we're the first to cover it today, actually. I think we're the first section of this uh, corporation, whatever, uh, to cover this. Um, first off, we had 1,000 followers yeah. on Instagram. Uh Pretty nice. Pretty good. Shout out to my family, who I think is the first, second, and a thousandth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shout out to all of those who also viewed my story as well. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I don't know if we can announce this, but I'm going to go ahead. Uh, we have a new team member. We have someone uh, joining the podcast. I think it's Philip, right? Yes. Philip's the name. Yep, so he's going to be doing uh, Amazing Race with us, and he's also going to be doing some Survivor 45 stuff. We're excited to have you on, Philip. and if you're watching this, uh, welcome. Uh, but yeah, hint some milestones. I'm glad we, I'm glad we got the jump on it first, uh, kind of broach it to our YouTube community. But hey, we're it's, doing good. It's wild. I, I've been a part of the Survivor now the second longest. Obviously, Randy's been here since day one. I've been around for a good while and it's so wild just seeing new faces pop in like randomly i'm we're just like all right here's philip he's doing stuff with us and i'm like oh my god it's a new friend a new person and watching it grow it means the world to me i know brandy's super passionate about this so it's been a fun time it's been a fun few years now god help me <laughs> it's, been it's like y'all's baby and i'm sure it'll be mine soon so what's up <laughs> You're like the brother. 
I, I, yeah, I am the brother, the distant, uh, the distant relative of this podcast. Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, this episode was pretty good, in my opinion. Um, often in Big Brother, I think this is a common theme. When there's no competition, uh, it is a very, very good episode, or usually is, because usually we get to see more DRs and more strategy. And mm-hmm. we definitely got to see that tonight. Uh, and I think that I've seen a lot of people start to really um, think of Cameron as a villain and as a good one, um, personality aside, is terrible personality. But gameplay wise, villain, good. That's this good. Is, this is one of the times where I really wish I didn't have access to live feeds because I feel like my opinion of a lot of this cast would be so much better. I know if I didn't have access to live feeds and I didn't know everything, I honestly would think the world of Cameron right now because his role in tonight's episode, strictly talking about tonight's episode, he, I think he's saving the season, which is super weird to say because we're talking about Cameron of all people, but he is one of the first times where someone, one, was super upset with what the house did, two, won power, and actually did something about it. And I really, I didn't like some of the sequences in this episode. I hated the the bathroom scene, right? That, <laughs> I thought that was stupid because we had one of the most pivotal weeks of Big Brother 25. What do we get in the first 10 minutes? Oh, it's Blue using the bathroom. But at the same time, too, we did get a lot of, a lot of the strategy and a lot of the things that happened on the feeds I thought was represented really well on tonight's episode. Uh, of, we had, you know, the... Bowie Jane upset with her alliance, and it's very interesting. I kind of want to talk about it because I didn't really like how Sari and Felicia were talking to Bowie Jane because mm. I felt like that was kind of poor on their part. Because Bowie Jane is someone who's very emotional and doesn't fully grasp the game. And while we can fault Bowie Jane for that, we have to also understand that that's how her that's how she's feeling. And so I felt like Felicia and Sari were very quick to just be like, oh we're just playing the game and cast away her feelings, which I think could turn Bowie Jane away from them. And is why we associate Bowie Jane with Cameron and red, because I think Cameron is a lot better at responding to Bowie Jane than some of the cast members. And I want to know what your thoughts on that was. Yeah. I'm, we kind of saw this with Riley too, um, or with Matt earlier in the game. Uh, who, we saw a lot of people who were kind of accommodating Matt's um, Matt's hearing being a lot closer to Matt, like Riley and uh, like Jared at the time. Um, we saw that kind of theme with Matt and we're seeing it now with Bowie Jane where the people who actually respect her and respect her opinions are the people that she really wants to work with. And now that uh, CFI have been pretty condescending uh, towards Bowie Jane, pretty uh, like really condescending, like not even really holding it back basically yeah. saying you're a you're a piece in our plan uh you're a pawn in what we're doing we are going to you're going to go to cameron you're going to be his you're going to be our mouthpiece for that that's you know if you don't you don't play that right and they didn't you are going to get in trouble uh so they they played it horribly um but i think what this episode did um at the beginning and for most of the episode was really pin a majority of that on Felicia entirely, saying that Felicia was the one kind of pushing Bowie Jane, Bowie Jane down or like 
ratting out her alliance or turning on her alliance. We have seen some of that, but I want to point out that Sari and Izzy were also yeah. pretty condescending and did not disagree with some of Felicia's opinions about Bowie Jane. So while it's showing a lot of Felicia, really it's yeah the whole the whole trio going for that. Yeah. One thing I will say about about the CFI and a lot of the contestants this episode was we're getting some pretty raw diary room segments. We we see uh, Bowie Jane really upset with her lines, and I I felt bad for Bowie Jane. I know we rag on her sometimes as being a pretty bad Big Brother player, but she's still a human being. You know, she's still, you know, not a 40-some-year-old woman. But, you know, and so I felt bad when she was upset. But at the same time, we do get a lot of raw DR segments. Like, we opened up with Cameron completely upset, and, you know, after, after Red getting voted out, we see Sari being sarcastic. We see Felicia always alive in the DR. And so that is one thing I will say that I loved about this episode. And and recently, I felt like we've been getting that a little bit more. It's not just, oh, one in the backyard and, you know, here I saw an object and it's Otev, hide and go seek and, you know, merry-go-round and uh, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, I think that comes as a compliment to good active strategy you know in a season where there's uh, a hive mind like bb19 or like something like that where there's not a lot of active um strategical play from a majority of the cast we're gonna get things like that we're gonna get more so i walk into the backyard or more this twist is blah 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 like we're gonna get more of that and it's gonna be boring but because we have such active I won't say uh, strategists or movers, but thinkers. Um, we get a lot of active thinkers in this season, and so dire rooms are really, really strategic. And so the D- the DRs we are getting are from people that are actually putting in some good thought into what they're doing and are actually making um, making a good difference. Um, yeah. So to continue on. Um, Felicia also sends Matt out of the room and uh, Matt's not happy with that. Matt doesn't like Felicia really sending him out of the room. So Matt goes to Jag and he's like, Hey, I don't trust Felicia that much anymore, which, you know, it's interesting because if Sari is with Felicia, wouldn't Matt be with Felicia at this point? I think we gave, we're good. We're going to give Matt too much credit there. I don't think Matt's going to think like that. I think Matt's just going to replace Felicia and I think that that leads into a bigger point where I feel like Big Brother, I mean, obviously Big Brother is live. It's not scripted, unlike what Facebook says. And so it's it's hard to gauge and to create like a season-long narrative or a week-long narrative, especially a week-long narrative. But I think everything in this episode is leading to Felicia's downfall because we get this. We, we see a lot of Felicia being the one that's condescending to Bowie Jane, even though Sari and Izzy played a part in that. We see uh, Felicia go to uh, Jared and said, I don't trust Sari anymore, which leads into Jared running to Sari because obviously. Um, and then it ends, you know, we, we see Felicia on the block. I, th- I think we might see, unless the veto happens and the veto changes something, but we might see a Felicia 
um, uh, vote out this week, which is very depressing because of the people in the core. Felicia's my favorite. I know she's a lot of people's favorites, even though people don't really like the majority alliance steamroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, Jack, of, of the arc? I, I think it's definitely plausible, and I think it's definitely the most likely in this scenario, considering how um, how Felicia is treated. You know, there this is not a hive mind where they're all working together court towards the queen bee, like Derek or Paul. Um, Sari is the top in the order, but it's a totem pole kind of situation. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you're my number one this time. You're my number two. You're my number three. Felicia's been towards the bottom of that trusted totem pole. There's a trusted and then there's a not trusted. Felicia will be trusted, but she's at the bottom of the totem pole. And so, honestly, I think it is going to happen. If the veto is not used or if it's not used on Felicia, I think Felicia up and goes. And it's unfortunate because Felicia is very, very entertaining. And I don't really want to see her go, but at this rate, Felicia's kind of dug her own grave with the way she's not only played, but also kind of the edit that she's been given. Um, yeah. She's been given this week. Um, continuing on, early on in the episode, um, we see Cameron being pissed, and then later after his talk with um, after his talk with uh, CFI and uh, Mimi as well. Um, where they exposed Red for him dropping all the information about their final two. Um, Cameron is shocked. So we think. This is the interesting thing. Um, We don't see this really ever anymore. And I know I've been saying that a lot this season, but this season is a very anomalistic type of season. Cameron knows the info they're feeding him as bowl is is not being played. Um, and gives the camera a wink. Like, there's some showmanship. There's some gumption. There's some gall in the way he's acting. Not only uh, we'll see later, but also in the DRs. That's just awesome to see. And, again, personality aside, he sucks. Um, But as a game player in the game, it is pretty entertaining stuff, admittedly. Absolutely, and that's the that's the problem. And because I wanna, I wanna like Cameron this week. I really do. Bless you, whoever coughs in your background, Jack. But the problem is, it's like it's Cameron, right? And so it's like I have this moral battle where it's like this guy is about to save the season, right? From from the scene world because finally someone in the minority has power and isn't brainwashed by Sari, right? Someone sees and knows what's going on, and the way he talked to Jag. The way he talked to Bowie Jane, which wasn't shown in the episode, basically, uh, Bowie Jane went to uh, Cameron, right? It was part of their conversation. And she's like, don't tell me anything. I don't want to lie, or I don't think I can lie to, to Sari in that group. And all Cameron said was, it's just Blue and Jag. Don't worry about it. The way he talked to Blue and just wanted her to hate him was hilarious, right, in my opinion. And... Something that wasn't true. I know where I'm hopping around, you know, my ADD loves this. But uh, the, when Jag was talking to, to Cameron, the one thing we, did, we didn't see was Jag talked for a long while. He had a monologue, basically. Just it, a lot of it was just, please don't, you know, nominate me. It doesn't make sense. And Cameron 
all he said to Jag at first was, are you finished? Just stone cold, stone faced. And so it's like, he's, he's such a, a, a bad, you know what? And it's like, I love this gameplay. And this is similar to the gameplay we've seen in seasons past, right? Like Big Brother 6, where it's like the house target that no one likes, both on a game and personal level, keeps winning challenges and is doing what the house doesn't want. But the house is still going to rebel because I know that that uh, the camera once would rather have Izzy go than Felicia, right? Or another uh, person voted out over the two nominees. But Felicia might go anyways. Like, this is classic Big Brother at its finest. Mm-hmm. And it's not a steamroll. It's not like a big alliance, you know, or a big counter alliance. It's just one guy and one effing Bowie Jane against the whole world right now. And it's yeah. so compelling. This is the key difference between this season and Big Brother 22. Um, Big Brother 22, every single HOH was won by a member of the committee. Yep. The majority alliance. That means that no matter what, someone from the committee was never going home until the end. Um, when someone who is not in the majority wins the HOH and knows they're not in the majority good things tend to happen. And that's why we're getting blessed with an HOH like this because it is so exciting to see someone against the majority knowing they're not a part of it and doing something about it in their HOH. It's good. It's what Big Brother needs to kind of revitalize itself and keep itself going. Um, Please, you got anything else? I was going to say, this is just a, such a far cry from Cam's last HOH. Because I remember, mm. specifically, he said, mm-hmm. you know, nominations won't matter until the veto matters. And that's the time to really make a big move. You know, that's when, that's when we really need to get out, you know, Izzy and that group. But now that, now that Cameron's on his own, he changed his tune entirely. And this is the attitude I want all contestants to have, right? Again, mm. it's very competitive. And Cameron... He, he's mad. He's upset with the status quo, and he wants to change that. And that is the most important thing that Big Brother needs, that any reality TV show needs, any competition needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just Cam's personality. Yes, yes, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you really just need the ability to recognize where you are and have the willingness to do something about it. Because it's a one thing to be aware of how you're doing. It's another thing to go out, win a competition, and then do something about where you are. And so that's what I can appreciate about how uh, he's playing the game. Yeah, carrying on, um, we uh, get a segment about um, Jag and his religion and um, the turban, um, which is very neat. And I think that, uh, you know, the more, um, I don't want to say that it's a forced segment because Oftentimes, Big Brother likes to force segments in that are just kind of out of place. Uh, But regardless, it's still nice to see um, that. It's nice to see um, more representation, especially from um, different regions or different um, nationalities. Uh, And then we get an interesting, um, interesting little bit where Felicia tells Jared about her final two with Sari when Jared and Sari are mother and son. And so this is the thing. 
All of these things can be good. And all of these players can be playing the best games of all time, right? Best games of all time. Yep. But then they tell Jared or Sari about the other, and then they go tell each other because there's an unbreakable bond. That's the one problem I think this season is paramount, regardless of personalities, regardless of um, steamrolling. It is the problem of you cannot have that kind of relationship in the house, and basically nobody knows about it. And the one person who really does doesn't care. It's so enamored. Doesn't do anything. And, and it's so enamored by them or doesn't care. And it's not like Big Brother 6 where everyone had a secret partner or Big Brother 8 where it was apparent that there were duos. And, like, I, I really wish – I kind of wish maybe at jury – or at some point Big Brother says two of you are in a secret relationship coming into this game and it leads into a witch hunt, right? Because – I, I still think Sari could do really well if that secret's out, right? Especially now, because she has a lot of social capital where she's still able to hold an alliance, and I think people would respect their games if people knew that they were mother and son. The problem is, it's just them two. They're able to keep it secret, and so I can't, like, I don't blame Felicia for telling Jared about Sari's final two, because Felicia's very sketched up by Sari. Felicia understands that the power that Sari holds, right? And so Felicia also thinks she's close with Jared. Like, Felicia didn't really do a lot wrong here. I know we talked mm-hmm. about her being condescending to Bowie Jean earlier. That's on Felicia. I'm not saying she's a perfect player. But this is the problem a lot of people have with this twist, where it's like a player does what they think is right, and we, we understand why they're doing this. But no matter what, they will always be screwed and always be targeted because they told the wrong person who's in a secret relationship, secret mother-son duo with someone in the house. Yeah, it, it's um, it's upsetting because I think the duo's twist, having uh, secret pairs, um, it works. It's a, re- it's a really, really great idea if everybody has that advantage. When you give them a super unfair advantage like that, and it's just, yeah, I mean, it's unfair. It's unreasonable. And... As much as I enjoy Sari being in the house, I would much rather just have her here instead of her and Jared, you know? Yeah. Dude, I would rather just not have Jared at all. <laughs> we don't need Jared at all on, on on TV. Jared sucks, all right? Like, straight up. No offense, Jared. Or yes offense, Jared. No, yes, yes offense, Jared. Yes, Jared, Jared is Jared. terrible. He's awful. Terrible TV. Terrible player. Terrible guy. Anywho. Yes. Con- continuing on. Um, just want to briefly mention, this was very funny when I watched it. I uh, watched it back on a flashback of live feeds, but Felicia's snoring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. And watching it in the episode, uh, just, like, rounded out so much more. Like, do you have any comments, Will? Like, that was no, – I that, like, that's, that's good. That's good I'm, comment. I'm glad we saw Corey's DR, too, where he's just like, you know – it was, it was a little scripted, but I liked his delivery, and that's all that matters, really. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we're going to go to the Blue and Jag talks now. They individually talk to Cameron. Um, so Blue goes to Cameron, um, and Cameron's basically like, yeah, you, you're going on the block. He says it in a pretty roundabout way, but he's saying, yeah, you're going to play in the veto. Um, you, you just you, I need you to support me in this. Um 
This is a move that I'm going to reference Big Brother Canada, uh, classic. Um, Kevin Jacobs, the winner of Big Brother 10, he – sorry to spoil Will. Um, it's okay. He – I knew. Yeah. He pulls a move, I think in week two or three, where he talks to one of the house guests, Betty. Betty actually hates Kevin at this point. Betty doesn't like Kevin at all. And so what Kevin does is Kevin just drops the act and goes, Betty, I need you to go down there and act like you hate me to everybody. And Betty, not knowing any better, goes, I already hate you. So what's the point? Kevin literally tells her exactly what he needs her to do. And she does it anyway because she already does. And this is exactly what Blue did. And that's exactly Cameron's strategy. And I think it is fantastic to see that in the u.s version of big brother not just that though i don't know if this was shown because I, I haven't seen Blue 10 yet but cameron didn't tell blue the reasoning right mm -hmm. cam kept everything hidden he he did the one thing that no modern big brother player does he kept so many secrets from everyone including his allies or his ally he didn't tell blue why she needed to hate him he didn't even say hey i need you to hate me all he did was say blue you and jag are going on the block just how it is. That way, Blue already hates him, right? The only time he was honest to anyone was telling Jag, like, I need you to pretend like you hate me just so he can make a deal for later on in the weeks, which I think is so smart. And just, I respect Cameron the player a little bit more after this week. Yeah, it's some really, really good moves. Not just the fact of you're going after the power structure. Like, that's a move. Uh, good or not, it depends. Um, but this is a great move. Telling someone, putting, like, trying to get them to throw in the waterworks, starting to tell people that, like, I hate them, I hate them, they're terrible. It's good for your game regardless because it throws the wool over everyone's eyes. And then Jag's talk. Um, so Jag uh, basically says, yeah, Cameron, we shouldn't go after each other. It's stupid. We can't do this. Uh, and Cameron goes, yeah, I think you're going to go up on the block next to Blue. And then he pauses. And this is intentional. This is definitely an intentional pause because he has known what he's doing. Um, but he goes, actually, you know what? Yeah, you're right. So yep. I'm going to give you safety this week if you give me safety next week. So another good move in a completely different situation because he tells Jack, look, I think I'm going to put you on the block. Or if I keep you safe this week, you keep me safe the next week. Yep. There you go. That's another move. May not work, but it's always worth a shot. But but he tried, and he knew his position, and he was aware, and he like, it's just, it's smart. Because maybe this is the conversation that gets Jack to realize. If Jack does win power, like, hey, I could do what the house wants and and nominate Cameron, get him out of the game. Or I realized that every single person tried voting me out, saved by one person's advantage, and I could try to change my position in the game. Because really, what that can lead into is some counter-alliance, right, with, with Jag and Cameron, despite them hating each other, throw in Blue, right, and maybe Jared by default, but I think Blue's starting to realize her position as well get America and Corey because they're still floating right now. They're still in the middle. They're not really associated with any strong allegiance. And you just have that tight core. You also have Bowie Jane. And that's the counter to the, you know, Fel not Felicia anymore, my bad, to the Izzy, 
you know, and, and Sari game, right? I know they, they might not target Jared, but still, you need to target Sari. Yep. Ah. Absolutely. It, again, great moves. I think I think he has it a little bit wrong, though. I think you're right. I think he does need to go after Sari. I just don't think he realizes how hard it's going to be, depending. Uh, he, in my opinion, what he's probably thinking is he's thinking at this point in time, all right, I'm going to go out, win the veto. I'm going to backdoor Sari myself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's five other people. There's two other people who, maybe one person. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, maybe one of the person that wants to save themselves from the block, uh, but the others would leave the noms the same because they probably don't want Sari to go up on the block at all. So it's a little bit of a bad move in hindsight, but in my opinion, it still gets the job kind of done. So I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And I, um, I get where Cameron's coming from too. Yeah. That's yeah, for sure. Um, we got a cute little date thing with Jag and Matt. It's blah 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 filler, whatever. Dude, it was just whatever. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, it's what. Yeah, that's whatever. Um, all right. So, so. Uh, we're we're building up to this knob ceremony. We don't know what Cameron's gonna do. Cameron is giving everybody different opinions. Some mostly Jag and Blue, um, but other but other things, he's just he's throwing everybody off. Um, and then we get the nomination ceremony, and I think this is really really funny um because it makes it really really uh interesting uh pieing everyone to see who's safe i think that's funny i think that's you know very lighthearted, but it's also really really suspenseful and in a way it resembles the pulling the keys out of the box back from classic big brother yet again classic big brother was pretty good used some more of it um but yeah so he here's his order he does Bowie Jane first, and then he does Jared. He does Sari, then Mimi, then Corey, then Matt. Then he goes to Izzy, skips her, and goes to Jag. Then he goes to Blue, and then he goes to America, meaning Izzy and Felicia are up on the block. And... This was a masterclass in Big Brother because it is everything. It is the corniness of Big Brother at times. It is the gamesmanship we see out of someone who really respects the game. Uh, it is the absolute bitterness from Izzy, especially, and Felicia as well. Izzy literally taking off her glasses, expecting to be safe and get pied in the face, and then not getting pied. Felicia taking out her teeth and then putting it back in. Um, it is just all around. This is a classic moment. I think it's going to be remembered as like a top tier moment of the season already for sure. 100%. And it's again, it's like so much of big brother 25. I feel like is fan service, right? We get the pressure cooker. We get the keys in some aspect. And I also want to point out just how mad would you be? Right, you're, you're sitting there, and you know you're thinking that oh, it's just gonna be jag and blue, everything's good, and then everyone gets pied, and then you realize oh shit, I'm still I'm on the block now, oh god, pardon my French. Yeah, yeah, I mean it, it's 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 tough, it's funny, it's it's intense, and like that's the kind of stuff you need to see, um, and so 
closing uh, closing speech as well as closing DRs, uh, Cameron says basically you turned on red, you turned on Heisum. Um, I don't like that. I don't want to be the third time. You two are going up on the block. Uh, the way he said it, specifically about the male part, was a little off and a little indicative of Cameron's personality. But other than that, very clear. You turned on Heisum, who was your ally. You turned on Red, who was your ally. You sent the both home. And I was supposed to be your ally, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going to nominate the both of you, which is, I think it would be a better way to say that. Um, True. Izzy is worried. Suri is emotional. And then Cameron said, look, you want to take out the trio. You don't start with the president. You start with Izzy and Felicia, who are the secretary of uh, defense and the vice president, I think, was what they said for Felicia. Something like that. Yeah, yeah Felicia's vice president. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a strategy. I mean, it's... It, Usually, I, out in my opinion, you go right for the jugular, but with that logic, I understand. Maybe buy a little bit more goodwill. Who knows? It might work out for you. True. Or I, in a way, too, right? I think what he might be banking on is if Sari does win the veto, she'll have to mm. choose and pick like which one of her allies she wants to save, right? Or she cannot use it and get more blood in her hands. I think if that's Cameron's thought process, that would be a really interesting move. Uh, normally, I'd be on, in favor of like those weird, out of left field moves and maneuvers like that, right? I always advocate for those on on these podcasts. But I don't think Cameron's thinking like that. I think he's just thinking, oh, you got to start with the secretary and and VP. But I, I understand too. I think no matter what, him him nominating that trio and or um, or for some, if you include Jared is the right move because no matter what Sari's losing a number and he was already enemies with that side anyways so him drawing the line in the sand i think doesn't hurt or help anyone but it just exposes them yeah i i think this is um this is his time he's got to make use of this hoh now or he is going to waste it and go home the next week if he doesn't win the power of veto um you have to go after the power structure and you have to start scooping up some allies outside of the power structure. You're looking at, obviously, Bowie Jane. You're looking at AmeriCorps. You're looking at... Um, do, do, do. You're looking at anybody really outside of it. Everyone else is, like, kind of in it. But those four, you know, it's not bad. It's something to work with. And wouldn't you rather have three people protecting you than one or zero people protecting you? In my opinion... Once the week is over, once the veto ceremony is over, you just let go of the nominees, let them do what they want, because your goal is accomplished, one of them's out the door, and you start scooping up some allies. So we'll see. Getting into feed spoilers here, um, we're not going to go too far. We're not going to spoil anything about the veto. But um, we will say that it was very indicative um, how this episode went. It was exactly like that on the feeds. Uh, and everybody exploded um, once yeah. uh, Cameron uh, Cameron's nominees were revealed. So much so that he went from number 14 on Jokers yep. to number six. So, I will say. Within a day. 
<laughs> so you know the survivor now we we have our own text group chat where we talk about survivor now we get ready for our episodes and recently we've been talking about big brother and giving updates in case we miss anything important from the feeds right and the thing is though a lot of us aren't a lot of them aren't big brother fans right so they just deal with me and jack constantly typing in all caps using invisible ink and <laughs> we started exploding we were hyper we were like oh my god izzy and felicia are up oh my god my mom called me she was just like son celebration there's a power shift twitter was freaking out the house was freaking out i think cameron's hoh week is going to be known as the most pivotal week of the season unless Side just wins every other competition in which case this will be a pretty a pretty okay season overall but I have hope. Yeah, this is um, this is gonna be a very interesting. I want to point out one more thing before we close out here. Um, okay. This has been a very weird pattern, but since week two, every single person evicted has been the older side of the house, despite all the older people in control. This is interesting because it literally takes one alliance meeting, says, hey, all of family style except for Riley is still together. Let's just yeah. work together. And it's over. It, it, it's done. Forget it. <laughs> like, they win power. They'll nominate Serene Izzy or Serene Felicia or whoever, and it's, it's game. It's game. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like you look at the older players, they were the active ones. Heisum, he he was very hyper, very competitive. Like he wanted to call the shots. Felicia and Sari, we gave them so much props, especially Sari, obviously. We gave them props for their social prowess. So the fact that they're just getting evicted one by one by one, and that like Baloo is still in the house somehow. Jag, I know we talked good about his segment earlier, but that doesn't excuse the fact that he is a really bad Big Brother player. All mm. Matt's done is just, you know, done what Sari wants him to do. It's like the fact that, and don't get me started on Jared. Jared sucks. The fact that they're still in the house and, like, despite no power or no moves, it, it's comical. It's it so is. comical. It really is. Well, well, I think that'll do it. Uh, really great episode. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, keep hope alive, boys. Yes, yeah. keep hope alive. Uh, we got some things and stuff coming up. We got our uh, got our big brother stuff Wednesday, uh, Thursday as well. Uh, and I'm positive we got more Survivor 45 stuff coming down the pipeline. I think there's amazing race as well this week. Um, yeah, it's it it's starting to be busy season, y'all. It's starting to be um. <laughs> starting to starting to pick up here so get get ready it's gonna get pretty wild so pretty, pretty soon you're gonna see me and jack sunday monday wednesday and thursday nights you're gonna see us all the time all and the you're time. going to hate it no you're gonna love it you're all right love it. thank you y'all see you around <laughs>